this thing on? Hello, Mama. Oh, Mama. We made it. What it, what it, what it do now? For the second time now. Hey, <laughs> let's get it, y'all. So today we got we got two of the most special people on the planet to Woo! be legends, Radiated. people I've known for a very long time. Very grateful to be here. Mm-hmm. You might know them uh-huh. from the Bangers crew. But maybe, if, maybe, but maybe. <laughs> who knows? But if you're a thug, are you a thug? You're gonna know them from the Finger Bangers crew. <laughs> Bring it back. Two Ouch. or three, you know what I mean? D- DJ Legends, DMC, ITF Champs. Okay. Yeah, threw okay. it back right there. Threw it back to okay. the early 2000s. We'll take it. <laughs> Producers <Sounds good>. uh-huh. <laughs> have created a craft, a soundscape for the industry, mm. um, helped this industry evolve, had tremendous careers. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to Ryan Replay Buendia. What up, baby? Yeah. And Dominic Golden Child Kudo. Kudo! What it really do, though. What it really do, <laughs> And like shout out to the fact that this is the second time us doing this. We literally stopped right here, did it again. But I wanted y'all to know that. It was nobody's oh, fault. Unplugged. You know it's no accident. We got replay in the building. Yeah, we got exactly. replay in the building. Exactly. Oh, sorry. I had to do that exactly. for a second time. <laughs> I had to do it a second time. As always. So, uh... So starting off as DJs, let's dive right in. Um, how and and why did you guys get into into DJing? Yeah, I think it again. It it has a lot to do with where we grew up. We grew up in a very like in the Bay Area, San Jose, particularly. Shout out to the Bay, baby. Yeah, the Bay Area. Uh, it's very DJ centric, man. I feel like we had a lot of the most like I'd say technically skilled at the time, you know, DJs around us. So we would be able to, you know go to an event and see a Qbert and see a shortcut. Yeah. What a, year was this? You know, like what we're like talking the early nineties. Early nineties through two thousands. Like Word. I mean we could literally go to these events and just kind of take it all in. And we were really inspired by sort of the technical aspects of DJing. Right? Which is Crazy. which is interesting because like DJing has a very different term now mm. than it did that back then. I mean you're talking right. about battle DJs, you're talking about scratch DJs. Um, that whole era, and it was it was such a, a mega era too. So it's cool that's that's kind of like what inspired you guys. Yeah, it kind of sharpened the sword early on, and and kind of taught us to listen to to music a little bit differently. I mean, when you're listening to a guy like you know Hubert manipulate existing sounds in in a crazy new way. So it taught us to listen to it a little bit differently than I think someone maybe who didn't come up through those sure. or through that lane. You know? Yeah. Y'all had a respect for the technicality. Of Absolutely. The Absolutely. Absolutely. But why Why did you guys start DJing? Like, what What led <clears throat> to that? And did you did you start off individually? Yeah. Like, Sorry, I yeah. I think both of us kind of individually started out, like, doing mobile kind of DJing thing. Because that was another part of the Bay Area that big was big. Market, yeah. Was, like, it was, like, the, the thing to have the biggest speakers in the neighborhood. It was the thing to have, like, all the dopest lights and all that kind of thing. Yeah, that was yeah. part of it, you know what I mean? And then in the, in there, mixed in there, you might have some scratchers like Cuban or people like that that would get in the mix and start doing that. You know so just I mean? being so a part of the scene. The scene itself, it was, like, it was more of, like, a well-rounded thing. You would get, you know, you get the dope, like, mobile, you know, DJs, and then you have the turntablists, what they call them now, yeah. mixed in there, you know what I mean? And that was kind of, like... What we were driven by, like seeing that. So 
Yeah. And you guys went to high dope. school together. No, actually, I'm. I'm no, like, hell no, I didn't go to high school with him. Yeah, what you I, saying, bro? I'm, <laughs> I'm much younger than Golden Child. Say. I'm like, I'm, I'm, Golden Child, 45. <laughs> I'm 17. <laughs> no, but I'll say on my side, I was in high school and um, I already had heard about the finger bangers, you know, oh. in the neighborhood. So I wasn't oh, even. Oh, they had in the existed crew. before you. They, yeah, they already oh, existed. So okay. they're already like they're known to be in all the DJ battles. And like just killing everybody. Word. And one day someone dared me to enter like a guitar center battle. And I saw it was just all the dudes from Fingerbangers. I was like, oh, great. I, got, I lost. Right. I was scared. Luckily, they didn't show up. Yo, <laughs> they're, really? too busy, they're too busy winning some other battle over there. Yeah. But um, I would say they already had a name for themselves. And so, um, you know, that's they, they kind of. Yes. You want to hear a funny story about that is uh, we we like we would all go to, to these battles and we were in a there was sort of like a little leagues for for, for DJing in the Bay really? Area yeah. where there were there was like a monthly battle that everyone would go to. Oh, yeah. that's wild. And, up and people it's right out of town heard about it and they would start coming down. So yep. there's some cats from L.A. would come down and join this kind Damn. of like this little league of, of, of DJ battles that would happen. Right? It was right off uh, Hayden Fillmore. It's yeah, called, it's uh, called Zebra, Zebra Rec- Records. Yeah. Oh, so it's, it's an integral, integral part. I mean, there's like you have like cats who just go there to battle. Like, yeah, yeah. So it was go big. go there to battle. And so yeah. this guy was in one of them and all of us were there and we saw him and we're like, yo guys, we better get this guy on the squad before he takes us all out. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. That's contrast is yeah. fucking epic. Yeah. Uh, we place over here at the guitar center, like just waiting to get assassinated. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and next yeah. thing you know, y'all are at Zebra Records, y'all watching him just throw exactly. the machine guns out. No, <laughs> it's the realest shit. Like, and then, um, and you know, he, like, I think that battle that we were all at, he, he ended up like winning that day. Word. And we were all playing this gig that night and we had, we had invited him to come and rock with us that night and we were playing like it was this really cool kind of like underground hip-hop spot uh it was thrown by um uh, who was, was it? It, it was like um, a, a Japanese, Japanese. Yeah, it was like a Japanese underground, crew. Uh, underground, underground railroad. Yeah, was yeah. the name of it, and it was just Wild. like you, you, we, you would go there and you'd hear like the most like you know Black Moon yeah. to like Wu Tang to just all of the craziest records at that time that were just really inspiring the culture on, on like underground shit. Yeah, you know, and um, so he came to rock with us that night, and then we just became like really good friends and. Yeah. You know, that's insane. What was that like for you? For me, it was like I was like 16 years old. So I'm like, I'm like, first of all, I'm in San Francisco battling. That was weird for me already. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Yeah. And then I meet these guys and they're like, let's hang out. Let's go. We're going to DJ at this thing. And first of all, Underground Railroads was more than that. It was like you would you don't know who you're going to run into as far as DJ wise, Mm, you know, coming from that turntablist background. You know, it's like you look up to the Cuberts and the D styles and the shortcuts and those people, you know. They were all at Underground Railroads at that night. So yeah. these guys were like already scratching it up with them. And so I'm like, I'm like quiet, just shy. Yeah. Looking at these guys like, whoa, like I could kick it back here with you guys. Nice. Like, you know what I mean? Like, nice. I was like, and I'm not even allowed to be in the club in the first place. Right? Truth, be told, like, <laughs> truth be told, at that time, I don't think any of us really were. But yeah. Because, uh, because Zebra kind of like opened the doors for us and we kind of had like, we, we showed a lot of face out there. They would invite us to come dope. and play, even dope. though none of us was dope. 21 yet. Yeah, you know, and it That's was a wild. 21 plus club. Yeah, nice. and we still ended yeah. up getting Ryan. And shout like, shout oh, out awesome. to uh, Israel too. Israel was, a big Israel was like the owner of Zebra Records, and yeah. really didn't. He was an accountant, but really didn't have to. He just loved the culture and just Work. 
created a platform for us to be able yeah. to do that. So yeah, that's epic. Yeah, yeah, so it's shout out to Iz. So once the the bangers came together, um, did you, you? I mean, something was special just beyond DJ battling. Like obviously, you guys did all the competitions together, but. Then you started making music together. Mm -hmm. And what was kind of the catalyst to go from being like battle DJs like um, and, and cutting up and, and sampling and beat juggling and all that to mean like, yo, let's make a song, let alone let's make a fucking album. Man, it's funny you say that because like even like after that same DJ battle, like they had asked me to be in the crew. Wow. And so I was already like on cloud nine. They're like, all right. Yeah. So next day we're recording on the, this big compilation at the time called Deep Concentration. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys heard of it, but it was to, to us in our world, that was like a big thing. They're like, yeah, we're recording that tomorrow, so you might want to come by. And wow. deep, deep Concentration was, uh, it was a compilation that was put together by Ohm Records, who at the time, they, like, they had done a few of them, and they were very DJ-centric compilations, and you'd have got cats like Z-Trip do a track, or you'd have like um, the X-Men yeah. you know, do a track. And then so we had an opportunity to submit for it. Yeah. And so we told Ryan, we're like, yo, we need to get in the studio right now. We got to try and submit a track to be on this big compilation. And yeah. we were all really stoked to be a part of it because we had bought the previous ones because we, it was a big we, deal. we knew exactly what it was. So yeah. we're like, okay, we got we to gotta come hard. You know, oh, right? that's and so, yeah. so, yeah. so yeah. early on, yeah, like we already learned how to compose. Um, with that was the table. next day. Yeah, that was literally the next day after the battle. <laughs> yeah, like, we knew yeah. that was on the table. But like, yeah. there's one thing to compose, but like now you're getting into recording. So how, yeah. like. Oh, well, yeah, that, that happened because, um, I don't know, one day I was, our boy, shout out uh, Nick No. Um, he was going, he was in uh, community college. And Mr. He was about, he, Mr. Nobility himself. Mr. He, Mr. Yeah. Turntable World knows him as Nick Nobility. Nick No Photo himself. Yeah, Nick, <laughs> <laughs> Nick No Photo. Brands photos. Literally. <laughs> His Instagram <And> photos. <laughs> so, like, it was crazy how time happened because, like, literally I was going to graduate high school and um, I was going to go to San Jose State. That's the plan. And he was going to go and graduate from uh, De Anza as community college. And so wow, I used to live so close. Yeah, to right De Anza, there. bro. Yeah, it's and so fun. literally like, you know, he was like, I found this music school and just come and take a look at it with me. And from then on, I don't even know what production was, first of all. I just saw, wow. I was like, There's, this is a big studio and I guess we're going to learn how to use this equipment. That's all I knew. Yeah. So I dropped everything. I took my parents there on a tour and was like, that was it, you know? And so... Uh, so we, me and Nick decided to go to that school together where we learned music production and engineering and all the recording process. And was, that, <clears throat> was yeah. that during the time where you guys made the first album? Um, no, nah, this is actually before that. Oh, this before is, that. Okay. This is kind of, <laughs> it's funny that you say that because <laughs> like literally from the basics that we learned from that school, we learned how to record an album, which is, I don't know if we've been able to do that if we didn't go to the school. So, so. Also, let me just say that the effect that that had, like, so Nick and Replay went to recording school, yeah. right? And this was in Oakland. Yeah. And so we were all still very, like, very much a crew at that point. Mm -hmm. And so what when they went to school, they would sort of, sort of like, kind of share what they were learning with the rest of us. And so it spread out through our crew, and it got us all hyped. And we just were like, oh, wait, how do you do that? So it was almost like the Cliff's Notes for us. Yeah. Them epic. actually going yeah. was like it opened the door for the rest of us to understand like, oh, wait, an MPC. Oh, OK. Now I, I've always seen those, but I didn't know how to use them. And now so y'all were just glowing the together. And then he, yeah, he'd yeah. be like, yo, this is Pro Tools. Like, check this out. And then you're like, oh, wow. OK, Pro Tools. And this is how you do this. And this is how you do that. This is how you set up, you know, buses. This is how you do yeah. this. And like we all learned that because 
they got to go to school to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. so yeah. they got to spread that with us. That's really dope. So yeah. now it's That's interesting really because, like, when you think about DJs, like, obviously you guys have heard this a lot. <laughs> There's always that that stupid um, saying like DJs aren't real musicians, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys don't play a fucking quote unquote instrument. You don't play guitar, piano, or this or that. So, going from being a DJ into now making music, how did that definition change for you in terms of like being composers, being songwriters, be making something that that is not like, hey, we're gonna do a verse, chorus, verse here, and or make a hip hop beat, but actually make the beginnings of, of taking what you guys did DJing and made that into like a soundtrack mm-hmm. and um, has you guys developed into being actually musicians, you know, it's just, it's just defined differently. It's like, yeah. you know, as DJs, I think as um, turntablists coming up from that, that era, we kind of didn't, we didn't mind all of that. We consider ourselves musicians. We, we considered ourselves like we call ourselves turntablists because sure. we believe that our turntable is our instrument. Absolutely. We can literally make instruments. And actually, it's proven like we've made full on songs just with a turntable. You know, people are doing it now from, I mean, people have always been doing it from Kid Koala to Cuber to all these guys, mm-hmm. you know, Shadow even, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, it's like, you know, I think early on what we did learn that, uh, you know, is co- I think we learned composition. Like mm-hmm. we learned we learned that early on, like I think with just, you know, creating because we would do a lot of these battle routines um, and it would be team battles where mm-hmm. we had to literally one guy's on the drums, you know, making a drum beat out of on one turntable. Another guy's doing the bass, you know, the guy's doing the piano and there you had a song, you know, one guy doing the words. So all synchronized. Yeah, all synchronized. So you kind of you kind of had the basics of composition right there. Which is so interesting because you guys had a very unique situation being mm-hmm. a six-man crew. Yeah. <laughs> so that was – actually, are there six-man crews as DJs or were you guys really the first ones to get on that? I, I will say that we are the uh, first people to use uh, 12 turntables in one routine. That's, That's right. Funny, so that, like – like I don't think I don't think any, anyone's ever done that. Is that? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was that like? Oh, it's like yeah, yeah. An assembly line. Just yeah. <laughs> um, but that w- what's interesting because when yeah. you say that, it's like it kind of it kind of <laughs> gave you guys a very special opportunity to make music and then perform it almost mm-hmm. like a band would. Yeah. Um, was that being done among other DJ crews? Absolutely. We so were in comp- Those are the competitions that we were doing where all team battles where other ba- uh, teams or bands were doing the same thing. So um, luckily, you know, uh, you know, like I said, we learned composition very early on and it, it kind of like, I, I would say it, w- it was one of our plus like, like it was one of our strengths for sure. What was it? What was it like for y'all? Like coming up, especially being like at that age, like where you're like squad, and then like you were looking up to these cats that mm-hmm. they they, they yeah. kind of brought you on. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's crazy because mm-hmm. like I don't think a lot of people understand mm-hmm. the time and effort that it really takes to be a turntablist. Yeah. And let alone a DJ. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like let alone you, to even a producer though. It's like yeah. any of that. But like I feel like, you know, from from, from y'all's pathway mm-hmm. where, where you guys started as DJs, it's like I feel like, you know, it, that is like Olymp- Olympic development training to yeah. me. You know what oh, I mean? Like yeah. it's like you your amateur in, the fact that you've been able to do it DJing and mm-hmm. with the turntables, you know what I'm saying? For him to be sixteen years old and y'all's mm-hmm. crew of like probably like eighteen, nineteen yeah. year old, seventeen cats. Yeah. yeah. Um that have also been doing it like but like the thing is, like the DJs that really make it, like the Q-Birds and yeah. the A-Tracks and like y'all that were doing it then as well, like the shadow, everybody in this game that really like influences 
the cultures coming before them. Yeah. Like, you you would you would suspect that just like producers locking themselves in the studio, it's like mm-hmm. as as DJs yeah. and turntables, you're, you're locking yourself in the yeah. rooms and just going after. Oh like, man, what was that like for y'all? Like, I mean, for me, it was like for, um, I don't know. I can only speak on my side. Like, I was still in high school, so like. You know, I'm not proud of it, but, you know, I, I cut school to, like, oh, freaking yeah. practice. Oh, yeah. And around that time, it was like, you really had to practice. Because, like, for me, I'm already a shy guy. So, like, I had to make sure my routine was flawless to me before anyone heard it. You right. know what I mean? So it was like, I kind of already had that standard for myself. Like, if, if I'm going to do this live, this better be dope. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and, um, and so... Like I said, they were already had the names for themselves. They were already, I would see them performing with like Shortcut and all these big names. And I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, like these guys are like, as far as San Jose goes, they were setting the tone already mm. before I even got in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, so, yeah, I would say, you know, it, it was work ethic. I, I think anyone really like it, it, whether it's piano or anything, if you're passionate about passionate about something it doesn't matter how long yeah. Yeah. you know what i mean because you'll spend the hours to get it down and get into it because you love it that much yep. yeah so i think it just starts with the passion really having the passion for to to, to, to passion for your craft you yeah. know what i mean i mean that's something we talk about a lot often on this podcast is work ethic and like mm-hmm. we say it's not like a set number of hours like some yeah. people are like well work ethic you just kind of are in it you're just yeah. like in music it's all encompassing you're doing it all the time you're thinking about it all the time um, usually in the arts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or anything, but it's like, how do you also deal with like the sacrifice uh, you have to make to work hard and like the kind of like, whether it's on relationships or your time or cutting school, like there is a level of sacrifice and commitment that you have to have. It's mm-hmm. not just being like super passionate and getting it down. It's like, well, if we want to be great. We can't just always like do leisurely things. How did like sacrifice and commitment really play into you guys reaching that level of greatness? Um, wow, that's a big one. I yeah. mean, because like there's always going to be things that sort of um, I don't want to say get in the way, but there's life happens in between all of these things. And once you kind of understand how to balance sort of the elements in your life and your and your passion. Yeah things become way easier and there there is a way to balance it but the things sometimes you got to get really knocked down to really <coughs> understand that you know like okay i need i need to like you know whatever whether it be like family time whether yeah. it be uh you know just taking care of regular day-to-day responsibilities because i know like as artists it's very easy to get consumed by everything mm. else but the things like basic responsibilities of life. Sure. Yeah. Like it's very easy to kind of just put that aside and be like, I'm not worrying about any of that. And I'm doing music. It, music has a way of, of getting like all of your attention. Yeah. You know, it, it grabs it like yep. more so than sort of like, Oh, you know, whatever, like rent's due tomorrow or right. yeah. whatever. It's like, you can very easily forget those very important things. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I think, uh, it does take some time to learn how to balance that. And I think every musician probably goes through that phase where they're like, oh, damn, they, they neglect other areas. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, I, I think that's all a part of the process. You're going to have to realize <coughs> you're gonna have to, it's going to have to happen to you before you actually know or you're able to recognize it. What kind of allowed you to kind of recognize that and, 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 and start? 
I mean, naturally, it's not like a moment it happened and then you were just fucking balanced. Mm -hmm. But like, how was it for you in, in, in being immersed with that and also understanding that like, you know, you were so immersed with your craft that like, you know, life does happen. Mm -hmm. You start to realize like, you know, where you where you were when you were 16, 17 isn't where you where you're going to be when you're 24, 25, 30 and even 35. Like this is a long game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the wants become different. The responsibilities become different. You know what I mean? Like, but what was it for you that started allowing you to really, I mean, go through it like the trenches. Right. Mm -hmm. So like what what did that do to allow you to like start to build your own balance and also build your just like understanding of being able to do as crazy as it sounds, being able to live life and also create at the same mm -hmm. time. Because, like, it's so wild that, like, they're intertwined, but they're yeah. really separate. Well, for me, it was, like, after school, I was, like, I, I decided I was going to move to L.A. And I was, like, all right, boom, I'm going to move to L.A. It's going to be this whole thing. Now, at this time, did the Virus album come out already? The Virus <laughs> album came out... No, I uh, it right like I would say. Like I, I, I still have the CD in my car. No, I, I would say it 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 was it was mastered by then. I think right. I think it came in when I was, I think it came out when I just had moved to LA. Gotcha. But um, the reason I'm laughing about that is because uh, it it's funny because like I remember, um, virus was like, I don't know. Production-wise, it's so far from us right now, but I know you love that album. But pe for people who don't know, Virus is like the banger's like very first album as no. you know that we ever put out. So to me, it's like a time capsule. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> yeah. it captures like the moment. Like yeah. when I think of that album, I think about where I was. But yeah. like because it was so different yeah. than anything like I'd really, really yeah. listened to. Um, <laughs> it was wild, dude. You got to hear this album. Hey, hey, you know what? But, but I hey. was like, but at the time, too, I'm like this, like, I was like, also into like. Joe has this, like, mounted on his wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I still tease him about this well, stuff today, dude. I actually, like, thoroughly love this album and listen to it, like, nonstop. Yeah. Well, for the record, just so you know, um, the virus was, uh, we created the virus because. Um, you know, we learned all this production, number one. But number two, we had lost, like, a huge, like, in our world, a huge competition. It was, like, a world finals, like, ITF world finals. Oh, really? We didn't really lose. We got second, but still, it's, like, yeah. it, was a, it was, it was a, for us, it was a huge loss. And that was the catalyst for starting, for doing Virus? Well, it was, it was a, it, I would say, yeah, because in a lot of the stuff that we wanted to do, um, some of the records, like, Recognize, which mm -hmm. is, You'll know what I'm talking about if you guys go <laughs> research that. Okay. Recognize was like our battle record, like oh, wow. you know, fuck everybody, basically, you know, right. and yeah, and so, so, but we learned production now, so we could do all the little tricks we couldn't do live and that kind of thing. So, anyways, you know that 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 was basically like it came from learning production, but also like, all right, the battle scene is done for us. We're going to move on, Word. you know? Wow. So, yeah, I know. I know, yeah, I know. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. But now yeah, like, it's, sure it's funny. Like, like back to when I was saying, like moving to LA, like yeah. it was funny because I moved to LA and I had this expectations like, all right, I'm about to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work. I'm going to make music and do this. And like, I, I moved to this house and I'm literally living with all the same people I knew from San Jose. And it is, <laughs> You know, no offense to anyone there, but like no one was really on that path of like working like that. It was just like San Jose. Well, why do you want to move to L.A.? What was your goal? Like, I'm going to move to L.A. And honestly, I wanted to I wanted to be like the Neptunes like at that time. Oh, OK. Like, so you wanted to be this, a producer. Yeah. Because yeah, at this time it was like they were already like the 
you know, the epitome of like being a producer, like making beats, like everyone Word. could do it. And at this time, I already had my MPC. I already knew how to use keyboards and that kind of thing. So I was like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I get there and I'm in this house and I felt like I was in San Jose. It was on the outskirts. It was like in Santa Clarita. Oh, so shit. I was like, st- so I felt literally like I was in San Jose still. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, my mo- so I kept grinding every day. And that's actually how I met Joe and Noah King and all those dudes. You know what I mean? And like, you know, I, w- I would literally like just be in the studio working on tracks all day. So let's talk about your first apartment. Oh, shit. Okay. So I met, I met Replay. This has got to be like 2003. He lived in a shoebox. I feel you. <laughs> that <laughs> it had, I remember it had AC, but that shit never got cold. AC, quote unquote. Yeah. The air was conditioned. You it know was know conditioned, I mean? yeah. The walls were very thin. Walls were made out of thin ass paper, <laughs> the, the, the kind of paper that you put like in your printer I when you're doing like your fourth grade, grade book report. But re, so I met Replay in in his uh, in, in his Hollywood apartment. So like it was so LA though, dude. It was so like a guy who moved to LA. Yeah, like, yeah. Moved, he lived on Coenga. Like I, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, like yeah. this is the, the the dream right here. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I remember that place. and. He was, you know, you, he was the first one where I actually really started recording. I always came from a rock background um, and started recording over hip hop stuff because he was making beats with Noah and they were doing um, rap stuff. And so he would make these beats and I was like, oh, I'm going to lay li- live bass on it. That's kind of yeah. how we started. But that was my first kind of being exposed into, into the production world. And I remember at the time... Uh, was that you were also working at Encore? Yeah, that was like, yeah, my checks from Encore paid for that little shitty apartment for sure. Yeah, <laughs> like, but, uh, yeah. But we'll we'll get into this too. But with with Encore, that must have played a big role because you were in front and exposed to some big players. Yeah. Um, at the time, it was Dre's place, mm-hmm. and you were you were engineer. Yeah. Um, well, I a started. Runner. <laughs> well, I started as a runner. Yeah. Yeah. But talk about that, man. All right. Well. It's, First of all, the the only reason why I got that job was because I was so persistent and so stubborn. The bo- the, the <laughs> I kept sending my resume to this studio, and I was like, "This is Dr. Dre's studio. I gotta get in here. Yeah. Like, I gotta get out of this house in Santa Clarita. Like, for real. That was my motivation." And I kept like sending my resume, calling, sending. And the guy, the owner, finally is like, is "This is Ryan." They're like, all right, dude. Like, like, just come over here. Just come. And he interviewed me. He's like, "Dude, you would not leave me alone, huh?" And like, literally, just like, you know. And he's like, you're hired, man. I could tell you're a good dude. And so I was like, oh, my God. So I start Dope. and, you know, right away I started as a runner. And uh, for those of you who don't know what runners are, you're basically a fly on the wall. You clean the whole studio. You're the first one there. You're the last one to leave. And you're just there to serve any clients that come through. But luckily I was around, you know, some of the greats like, you know, Kanye to high tech to Dilla to uh, Dre to, 50, you know, I, I was around everyone so you know I, I it was a unique experience because i i got i would go to work and literally hear high tech making beats or i would hear kanye making commons album and stuff like that so it was a unique experience you know what i mean at the time i was it was kind of shitty because i was just like you know but being exposed being in yeah. the same yeah. building being around yeah. the same energy and also like listening and watching how like oh. th- these people are going through the music process yeah. 
must have just like visually uh, had been crazy. I Especially went, for somebody yeah. that could already pick up on that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, well, who's, who's also going home after this to yeah. do that? Yeah. yeah. That was my motivation for real. Like, I, 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 every day I, it was, it was fun. I would, I would go listen to whatever, like Kanye or whoever make a beat. And then I'll be like, oh, dude, I could do that. I'll be mopping the floors like, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> 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 literally, like, I'll get home and it's like, no, nah, that don't sound nothing like that. <laughs> why <laughs> Why like, does my bass sound so thin? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Isn't that crazy? That's like a first person, like, look into where the pinnacle of the game is. Yeah. 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 For real. And, and then you also get to see sort of like, you know, what makes it out of those sessions. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, so I remember that one. I didn't yeah. know that was going to be the hit. But Straight that up. one yeah, became yeah. the hit. Or yeah. that was the one that got chosen. Yeah. So right. it's like you get to hear sort of like the scope of the things that were being worked on. True. Not just the one that made it. True. You hear the actual True. scope. True. And Absolutely. so I think that's a lot of game right there. That, Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like, and like, you know, game that and just you, you're not going to get anywhere and being else. the fly on the wall like you're yeah. hearing everything it like. was dope it was really dope because it was it the the company encore at, at that time they were they really were like a family kind of business you know you Word. had daryl who was like the the manager owner and then you had joy who was like the front manager and then you had me and this guy Francis and we're really the only ones. Damn, oh, yeah. Fra- Francis is one of my mentors. He he grew up in the military. He's from New York, but he, he early on he schooled me tough. He scolded me plenty of times. You know what yeah. I mean? But you know, shout out to Francis. Oh, for, Francis, yeah, always about the heartbeats. But yeah, man, like I, it was dope because I had Francis Ford, who worked on you know in the club with Fifty Cent, worked on Ooh. freaking um, Chronic Two Thousand One as an assistant engineer. He was showing me like. You know, uh, sh- he worked behind uh, Mauricio Vito, who who is Dre's engineer, Word. and so he knew. He taught me his way, like how everything had to be, like what the cables, these cables need to be perpendicular, not parallel. Like these things, like tons of things. He's very meticulous, and he and like he would scold me for it if it wasn't right. So like I had that kind of background under Francis, which was like to me it was like he told me so many stories and just slowly took me on you know like at first he was just like yo go do that you know he yeah. talked to me like that you know you but, had to win his respect right i had to win his respect and slowly he would be like yo they're gonna get um uh blah blah blah's not showing up to studio tonight so we could use a studio Are you down to stay up all night and do that so i'll be like all right I'll, I'll, I'll roll with you like so we were like you know mess around set up a little npc and try to make beats you know when you know, when we could, you know what I mean? But really it was, it was him that really kind of showed me the ropes and kind of where I get a lot of that, that background as far as work ethic goes, you know what I mean? What was your mentality with that though? Like, were you like, yo, you know what? Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to go do whatever the fuck they need. Like, yeah. you yell at me all you want. Because like, oh, you, you just came, I mean, yeah, you just came from recording well, school. You, like, you got to think, like, Francis put me on to this, like, yo, if, if if you finish doing all your tasks, pretend like you're doing something. So a lot of times, like, the man, Daryl would see me just, like, <laughs> cleaning the, the wall, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, yo, you don't need to do that, go you know, you want to drink or anything? Like, you know, he would, you know, a lot of times I was that guy, like, oh, Ryan, you don't got to keep cleaning, man. Like, you know, but Francis taught me that. He was like, no, dude, like, if, if just look busy, even if you're not busy anymore. Word. You did all your stuff, like, just look busy. Yeah. You know what I mean? How'd that shape you? It sh- it shaped me a lot because, like, when I when I see the new generation now and, and I don't, and I feel like they, you know, the new generation, like, you know, it, it's different. You know what I mean? You could cut corners now with technology. 
And I feel like that 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 thing is lost a little bit. Yeah. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, like they make up for it in other areas. You know what I mean? But yeah, like it, it, it has shaped me because it, it you know, I, I'm not afraid to work. Like I'm not afraid to go do some, you know, labor or yeah. anything like that. I mean, Joe was speaking yeah. about that about you earlier. Like we were, we were discussing yeah. like he was like, bro, like you will not meet somebody that works harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know and, and, and and when I say that, it's just like you're putting in hours, but it's like, man, I've known you and you've had this in, in monstrous work ethic, yeah. but it's not just like it's doing whatever it takes ethic. Yeah. You yeah. know, like it, there's no like job that's too small. Yeah. Um, which, which one of my mentors always told me, it's kind of corny, but he's like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> If you're too big to do a small job, you're too small to do a big job. Right. And for some reason, that always stuck with me. This, Absolutely. This, yeah. this dude, by the way, was the bass player for like Millie Vanilli. Oh, wow. That's so but like the, yeah, the yeah, track. Yeah. So he was the real dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the real dude. But, he yeah. actually played? Yeah, but, actually, uh, but you know what? Yeah, you uh, like, can't lip sync a bass line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, dude. He's playing, he's over there looking busy dude i can do girl you know it's true right now (laughs) i love you so golden child during this time like how was your life you know replays in la um are the rest of the bangers are up north still Mm -hmm. where were you at this time um i was in san jose i was actually like around that time again i was still going hard on the dj thing um and i was djing you know anywhere from sort of like you know big hip hop clubs to you know regular sort of Thursday night kind of shit bigs or wherever and um and I think also around that time I went on tour and I got a lucky break to actually go in in on like a whole like u.s tour with z trip and i i got really wow. like yeah. lucky with that and he became sort of a mentor to me so i came up under like on the dj level yep. I, ca- I came up uh, like seeing him and working very closely with him and how was to that this day i still he's one of my best friends like Word. um which that was it was crazy it was um he invited me to go on and in 2005 uh he invited me to go on a shifting gears tour mm-hmm. and um and for me, that was sort of like the ultimate. Like I actually got to go with him, and we played sort of like the circuit of all, like all of the House of Blues across the U.S. and some other other things. But I really got to understand what to what it took to make it on his level. Yeah, to be you a pro- I mean to be actually like a, have a career as a professional DJ, uh, right? Uh, you know, touring, but have a career beyond just like hey, I'm a, I'm a battle DJ amongst these crews. Now you're solo or individual but like how do i build my career into this world yeah he helped me understand how to funnel it from super technical to like how do i how do i take these things that i know how to do but make it palatable to Mm. to, audience to an audience now word you know um because it's not just about you at that point it's it's like if i was up there scratching for an hour it's like yo that would get old really quick word you know um and so like when i got to understand a little bit more about sort of how he attacked it it mm. made me understand a little bit more about how i could attack it you know in a different way than him you know you know how, how yeah i know it's crazy how much were you guys thinking of like of your professional careers and futures at this time like all right you know we had this battle crew but you know please you're going off and you know going the producer route like i want to be a producer and you're going the dj route as now very different when you start to think of them as actual careers. Now you're thinking of like longevity. What am I, I going to build to in the future? 
Um, where were you guys' heads at in, in thinking about taking this as like something you did with the crew to like, this is going to be my job forever? You know, I don't know if any of, any of us, well, if you even thought about me, it, yeah. Like, I, I just kind of felt like um, more, more so than planning about sort of what I was going to be doing in the years after, I knew that it was my passion and I knew it was a step forward. Okay. And so I really think that that's what it was. I knew it was the right thing to do mm-hmm. at that time, you know, and, and even looking back, like I can say, yeah, it, that, it was the right. Just, even if you didn't know what the next few steps looked like, I knew that was right. It and felt I looked right. Back and, yeah. and it was right, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I think sometimes uh, trusting in what the universe is putting on your plate mm-hmm. and, and, and knowing sort of like that's what looks right right now. You may not see too much past that, mm-hmm. yeah. but you know it's right. Mm-hmm. So go. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, you know, the other things for your career and your future, like, I think your mind will start thinking like that a little bit, um, you know, I mean, little by little that opens up, you mm-hmm. know, and then you, you start understanding sort of like the strategy in the game yeah. and then you start applying that. But like, the thing is, is until you're actually seeing the game on yeah. that level, in the just trenches, do what bro. feels right. Yeah. You have to do what feels right for your passion. If, if, if that's your passion, you know what I'm saying? P- particular people. Like in particular, that people that are that know that they're trying to follow their passion. You mm. know? Yeah, because it's so interesting. A lot of like times we talk, we, money plays a big part in this, right? Mm-hmm. Like there comes a time where like, yeah, this is fun and cool, and then there comes that time where like, uh, I got to pay my bills, I got to make money. I actually like, I want to make a shitload of money, and I want to be wildly successful. Um, we we talk about you know art and commerce all the time, right? And how you balance that of like. You know, is this something that you're just going to do, you know, because it's your passion? Are you going to be broke and continue to do your passion? Or do you kind of like have to start thinking about money and how that plays in? And when kind of like do you cross those roads, you know? I mean, I'd say like I think after doing it for so long, you kind of get into like a lifestyle of just like learning how to just juggle, you know, and and hustle. You know what I mean? And really, you know, getting in there to do the the work and whatever it takes to, to make it happen. You know what I mean? If your lifestyle is living however it is, you're going to figure out a way to make it happen. You know what I mean? And I think, I think I've learned that through the years of how to, you know, if something happens, just maneuver around it, mm-hmm. figure it out another way to get it and, you know, and just keep going. You know what I mean? Just like anything, you know, it's different, I guess, because, you know, we're all you know, entrepreneurs in, in our own way, you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. <clears throat> and, but what I find that comfortable because now it's all, you don't, it's all on you to make it happen. I don't have to rely on anyone mm-hmm. in order to get money. Like I could, I know how to get money and I'll go and do what I need to do to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And when you have that and just doing it for so long like that, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it just natural, you know yeah. what I mean? To just work. Okay. I'm not making as much as I did last year. All right. Well, I got to put extra work in now. Sure. You know what I mean? You could g- sometimes you could get into like autopilot where you're just like, all right, things are just coming in and you're just used to it. But I'm slowly, you know, as I get older now, I'm like learning that like, you know, like how to put something aside for this and do this, you know? Because I'll tell you in the beginning, <laughs> you know, like, especially like when you finally start getting some paper, and I'm not even saying like a lot of paper, like getting some paper, 
you you're like, oh, I made it. <laughs> like, you start spending money and then it's just like, oh, yeah. IRS hits you and you're like, oh, that's right. <laughs> you know, I, 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 mean, I, I forgot I, about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, you, you, it's all stages. And I yeah. think it's part it, with any job you're doing. It's just part of growing up, you know, so. Dude, you know what's crazy? I remember, I remember very clearly thinking about this, and I, and I, what I did is I made a decision because I worked for a long time in the corporate world while I was DJing, and I would go into work tired, dead tired. You know, I'd just get home at like three in the morning from the club, and then yeah. I would work the next day or whatever. And what so, were you doing for work? Um, I worked at like I. I think at this time of this story, I was working for Yahoo in a customer. Golden service. Child's always had a good day job. By yeah, the way. Like, I mean, <laughs> he was I making paper early. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I worked for many corporate companies in the Bay Area. We, this it was the tech boom. So like they what, were what, was this something like within you? Because like I just want to touch on one minor point here. Because like there's so many cats that are like, bro, like I'm a creative. Yeah, sure. I don't like no. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to take time away. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's those that like are able to balance like fuck. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a like real gig, but if my passion really ends up being able to support this and like take me beyond that, like all the better. But I'm willing to test it. And like some people make that distinction early. Others like I know damn well for myself. Like I was like nah, bro. Like I gotta dedicate all my time to. Like, I could have gone out and did anything. Yeah. But you live and you learn. Like, mm-hmm. what yeah. was that something that you made a distinction for that early? Like, while no, look. I was, yo, I was planning my tour while I was working at Yahoo. I Sorry, Yahoo. You. So, ch- yeah. okay, so <laughs> let's put it this way, man. I, I made a conscious decision, like, all right, when my DJing and only when my DJing will match my paycheck that I get from here, will I say goodbye to it? Word. And so I worked and I worked to get it up there. And once I hit that consecutively for like a few months, I was mm. like, word, I can leave now. You know, Dope. like once I have my DJing set up and I have my route and I know I'm getting that every month, mm-hmm. then I can say goodbye to the corporate world and I can I can live in here and I can focus on that and multiply it. Word. And that was my strategy. Yeah. You know, and it's it's worked. It, yeah. It, it worked for me. And now like this that's, re- that's this really the, happens, y'all. These yeah. things actually yeah. <laughs> people be, work day jobs. You can be smart about it, or yeah. you can yeah. just take a like you know some crazy leap of faith that you might have to go back and start over. But yeah. like you could also strategize at that time. I, that was my strategy. Word. What's know? funny because everyone's like, oh, you know, if you have a plan B, then plan A is never gonna. And it's like I just don't believe necessarily in that as much as I feel like it's it's impossible to be broke. You know, it sucks. You, you kind of got to be stubborn. And I was like, I, me and my girl laugh about this all the time because my, my mom always says that to me. And she always like, yeah, you need a plan B. You need a plan C. Sure. And I go and I've, I'm stubborn. You know what I mean? So I, I used to always tell her like, no, nah, I only got plan A. Yeah. Because if I have a plan B, I'm already setting myself up to lose my plan A. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, so I stayed focused on just plan A. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, I mean? no, it's, it's something a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people say, but, um, Actually, in your case, like you kind of went against it. Not, I mean, you you were still pursuing being a DJ, but you did. I knew what did, Plan A was. Yeah, you knew what Word. Plan A was. But the thing but is, sometimes a, you need preparation to even get to Plan. Yeah. Well, you could. You, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you could also yeah. use yeah. it, so, but it's also yeah, like you. you it. It's not like you can't think like so linear about it. It's not like, all right, just because I have a job doesn't mean I'm taken away from. Like your job helps fund what you can do. Mm-hmm. Like if you were just a DJ, um, and you were making enough money, like. You, when you have to deal with like 
issues and life problems and paying rent is so that's fucking, gonna slow you down way more. So yeah. for some, I mean, yeah. and for everyone, real. look, everyone's if you're different. evicted. That's for gonna real. slow you way down, like and, way more and, down and, than and going every, to work for eight hours. But look, everyone, everyone's on the, on the psyche too, though, yeah. bro. Like that alone on the psyche is. But in like, yeah. but in you too, I mean, like like you said, like Encore was a way for you to pay for your apartment, so mm-hmm. you could actually have a studio and yeah. play, you know, like yeah, you yeah. use these things as tools, not as you if not thinking of like. Plan A, Plan B. It's like know what you want to do, and then use resources around you, whether that's a job or um, whatever you got to do to fund that that dream. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Being a runner at Encore was definitely part of Plan A. Yeah, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. But it was the grind. It was yeah. like, yo, you're gonna have to have your grind, and then you're gonna be able to have your your time to actually yeah. for your passion. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're, your grind and passion is always they're gonna be together. You're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to grind and do what you got to do so you can actually. Well, and like focusing on your passion is the fun part. Yeah. yeah. And well, another like, part, growing another part to that too is even like what I learned from Encore was like, yeah, I had a job, but man, I was on call all the time. If, if I made plans on the weekend and they said you got to come in, I had to go do that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I learned that early, and I still do that now. Mm-hmm. I mean, my 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 production department called me at five thirty in the morning, and was like, "Hey, um, you know, dial back on the reverb, do this, do that." And I was like. <laughs> What? <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I crawled Yo. in the studio and I, I, I went in there like six o'clock and I was just like, mm. you know what I mean? And I, it, yeah. it is naturally like, you know, that's just part of it. You know what I mean? Clock is always on. So, you now, know. Now, jumping into being professionals, you know, you're at a place where now you're funding yourself as a DJ and you're, you know, I want to get into you too yeah, yeah. of really diving into a professional producer. Oh, shit. Um, we talk about this because it's a it's a fine line and like it's of being th- there's a fine line you cross right yeah that where you're doing this for a living right mm-hmm. in the music world very very tough to make it there yeah but when you do like it really opens up even at the very beginning mm-hmm. um i know because i got right up to the line but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah but like you see i see how it transpires right mm-hmm. Talk about how you first crossed that line, that first kind of opportunity that brought you into, yo, I'm not a runner. I'm not an engineer. I'm a producer and I make music with people that are on real records. That's going to bring me real money now. Yeah. Well, I I guess transitioning into after Encore, I was lucky enough to meet like Apple, DF from the Black Eyed Peas and and the rest of the black IPs and being around them. And they actually haven't even made it yet at this point. They're like, you know, they, they have a record, you know, they had the records out, but they weren't to the level where, you know what I mean? Like, you know, this is like, they're not doing the Super Bowl right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah the Fergie just had got in, you know what I mean? Word. And they're, Honestly, and I, they, re- and when they yeah. first started coming up, they were like yeah. super rap. Oh yeah. Yeah. Raps. They're a backpack. And, you know, to bring Fergie in was like a huge deal. It was like, and actually that album, Elephant, was a make or break. I remember I went into the studio one time. They're like, yo, we got to sell like 170,000 albums to, to, or else we're getting dropped. Wow. You know what I mean? They didn't have a record. If you think about it, they didn't really have a record record out at that time until mm-hmm. it was Where's the Love? And that mm-hmm. was going to be the next record that was about to drop. So I, you know, I seen it early on, you know, and, and each of them, you know, coming from East LA and all that, like, they come from that bottom, bottom too. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it, I seen it like them skyrocket. You know what I mean? So um, luckily, I I, um, I I took a job with Apple, kind of as like his production partner, and I'd kind of just produce stuff with them. And he was kind of the first one to give me a salary and kind of like 
all right, you know, produce, you're my producer now. And, you know, it's purely just like help them produce and try to get on albums, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, that was the first moment I had to be like, all right, I'm actually getting paid to be a producer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but even then it was, you know, it wasn't all, it wasn't like a, a, a big uh, amount of money or anything like that. You know what I mean? All I knew is I was getting a salary and I was cool. Well, it was know? like you could call yourself a music producer yeah. and I'd be like, yo, I'm a music producer. I'm actually, well, that, yeah. And that <laughs> went, and, and that went on for four years of just oh, like yeah, grinding, yeah, yeah. like, you know what I mean? And then luckily I got a, I got a break. Um, uh, so they're going to work on the energy never dies. I already missed two albums i missed all funk and i missed uh monkey business Word. i didn't get on those and albums. you actually had worked very hard to try to get on yeah those. i was i was up with apple i would go actually i worked at encore and worked with apple at the same wow. time at one point where i i would go there after and i would work there until and he worked late like late into the night you know mm -hmm. what i mean so i did i did that for a little bit but then luckily you know he gave me a salary and was able to be like yo here's a little bit of something and so I was like, all right, I can leave Encore. Because really, when you're in a studio, the, the max you're going to go is assistant engineer. And I already was doing assistant engineering jobs, but it's a hierarchy. It's an old school mentality. It's like you don't get to be assistant engineer until that assistant engineer graduates to be an engineer and take off somewhere else. Word. You know what I mean? But so in the actual studio, um, what do you call it, hierarchy, it's like assistant engineer is the, the highest you get. So luckily, you know, Apple took me and was like, yo, let's go do this. And so I, I learned a lot, man. I learned a lot about production. I didn't even know he was like super, like he could produce like that. You know what I mean? And and then I would be around Will, seeing him make music. And I was like, dude. And Also making pop records. Making pop records. Like, like, like I think that's something to talk about too is yeah. like going from hip hop records that like underground backpack hip hop records yeah. to... We, we need to sell 170k yeah we need to make pop records yeah. and like yeah the reality of jumping into that world um to be a successful producer because yeah. the way the business weighs on you like yeah. um or a producer or an mm -hmm. artist yeah you know i mean I th we hear a lot of all the time that you know sometimes it's like all right <laughs> we, ha we have to do this for an all another reason just to either yeah. stay on the label or just to keep our careers going sometimes it's just bigger than your art yeah you know but that plays a huge part in like how mm -hmm. you've developed even like mm -hmm. in your tra trajectory yeah as a producer man the first time <laughs> i'll never forget this um the the person that put me in with uh, apple and everyone was this guy, uh was their manager polo molina and I remember I, I had my beat CD and I put specifically five beats on the CD. I was like, this is the best shit. As far as coming from me, this is the, there's no, <laughs> this is the best, this is fire. I don't care what you say, right? And I was like, and Polo heard it. And I remember he was on the phone listening. I was like, like total like Hollywood like moment. Like, and then he's like, yo, let me call you back. And he's like, yo, starts skipping through it. Like, this is dope. Plays it for Will. Comes back the next day. He's like, yo, Will said your music's dope, but you're still a beginner. <laughs> so i was like oh. so i was like at first i was like fuck that and then i was like wait what is it why am i a beginner like what is it about so i started studying and i started really going into it and listening asking questions and really just like listening you know what i mean and you know a lot that's the thing a lot of people get like nowadays like well why why were you a beginner i would to him and i know why now i think it was just it, it wasn't just at the level at where he was at. You know what I mean? It, he, you, you know what I mean? He's already produced like 15 years at this time. I'm like 
for years in. But know? is that like, is it a, a composition thing? Is it a sound design thing? Is, is it like it's, the way your drums hit? Is it like, or is it just the overall? Well, he said the music was good. So to me, that, that told me like the writing was okay. You know, the writing's right. good. But production-wise, maybe the quality wasn't there. Maybe the drums weren't smacking the way they're supposed to be. Maybe I wasn't choosing the right drum sounds. Maybe it was, it was a combination of stuff. You know, now that I listen to that, I mean, I... I you're like, I'm actually, a beginner. I, I, <laughs> I deleted that whole hard drive, so that shit's gone. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But, like, it was, it was a learning experience, you know what I mean? Like, and I think, a lot, you know, you need to have that. You need to have that. You need to be open to constructive criticism, for real. Um, I'm not saying not to believe in yourself, because that's a whole other thing, but at least be open-minded enough to understand, like, why. You know what I mean? Why is why don't I have any cuts right now? Yeah. You know what I mean? I know I'm dope, but why why don't I? Yeah, it's you not know just what I'm the world's against you. It's yeah, like, exactly. There has to be something. There has else. to be something. You know what I'm saying? And, and 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 that's all a learning process. And maybe we won't recognize it now, but we eventually will. You know what I mean? And and yeah, he was right. You know, that was the realest thing he's ever said. And, you know, and you know, luckily, like, you know, later I was able to to gain his trust and be like, okay, you know, he got he, He's dope now, you know. You're working at it. You thought yeah. about it. So, you know, it was all learning. It's a learning curve, man. You know, you really, for me, um, at that time, especially for I was, like, I was studying every producer, and Will was one of the producers I studied because this is around the time, like, I was a hip hop head. So, like, studying his stuff was like he already put the BBC album out and that had super dope beats on that, and I was like, this guy knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? I seen it. I, wa- I remember I had to drop some files one day and he was in at record plan in a big studio and I was like, he was making a beat and he was just drumming, looking at me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I was just like, in my head, I'm like, oh my God, this is, and I kept looking down because he kept, I kept, every time I looked up, he was like looking at me and he just like making the sickest beat and I was like, dude, this is crazy. And I remember uh, they laughed because I was like totally mesmerizing my boy Dante Santiago, shout out to him. He's like Will's right hand. He was in there. He's like, yo, replay soon. This is going to be you, man. <laughs> in a big studio. <laughs> and I was like, hella called me out. And I was like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? I was like, because I was like super watching this dude. Like, yeah. wow. This guy's going to the drums now, playing drums live, going to the keyboard, playing everything live. And I'm like, dude, this guy's a beast. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just knew that. I was like, all right, I wasn't on that level yet. You know what I mean? Did you have any moments like that where you felt like, you know, obviously being a DJ and in the battle seems super hard and reaching a super high level there. Did you have going into the professional performance world and touring world? Did you have any moments like that where you felt like a beginner or like, you f- like humbled? Yeah, just like humbled or like, holy shit, like <laughs> I'm actually not as good as like I think I really am. Or I have really a lot to learn if I want to play in, with the big Yo, boys. It happens all the time. And I think <laughs> it, 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 it continues to happen. You know, and I think that being able to recognize that will will just keep you on your grind, though. Like, and to to recognize someone that someone is doing something that almost like, or attacking it in a different way, you know, um, or approaching it in a different way. And I always I enjoy that. I enjoy seeing that. I enjoy I like oddly enjoy being humbled at the sight of someone doing something that I can't do. And I mm. think that's a big part of my drive. You know, it's like I I'd rather see that than seeing someone do something that I can do. Like so when, I actually crave that. You when know? you were on, on tour with Z Trip, what was he doing that really opened your eyes as a as a DJ going from kind of where you were into this, you know, 
Um, thinking of yourself and your future as a DJ, mm-hmm. um, what did he do that inspired you to be like, all right, I know I'm not there yet, but that's where I want to be. That that yo, re, that yo, re, that, that, some well, of that. that replay there's moment definitely. of like, yo, you're gonna be there one day. It's gonna be you, dog. Like, where did that moment <laughs> okay. hit for you? So I remember again, like, and he does it even to this day. Like, we'll walk into a, a room for like sound check, and and I, for those of you that don't know, and I'm sure Z Trip is is like a guy, like we have, we've all heard of the term sound check before. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes sound check with Z Trip is actually longer than the show. Shut the fuck <laughs> so up. like we'll get into we'll get to sound check at like two in the afternoon and we'll be sound checking all the way till before doors are open. Wow. Okay. It's like I mean sound check like he would literally get in as early as they would let him. Wow. Okay. And so then he'll get in there and first yeah the sound check is actually the smallest part of sound check is is actually checking the sound. Okay, so we get in there and he checks like we'll check the sound and I would hear this guy and be like he would like actually talk to the sound guy and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I need you to dip, you know, 4K, uh, you know, I need you to dip. And he would actually go in and be like, oh, you know, uh, you're you're like he would literally tell the sound guy like, yo, you need to lighten up on that limiter, pull it back, blah, blah. And as a DJ, he's talking sound man. He's talking like he's talking sound EQ engineering. Stuff. He's talking engineering like yeah. he's already thinking about that. He's he's bringing in his own tube like DIs from his thing. He still does this to this day. Wow. He brings in his like and like there's there was an attention to detail where I would go to a sh- like prior to this I'd walk into a show and be like where's your turntables where's your mixer all right cool let's go all right so is it making noise good right yeah. right 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 that, that was it no Z Trip doesn't operate like uh-uh. that he was like no. You know what? He'll get the blueprints of the Yo, venue like first and then just start going after it. What's that defect <laughs> right there? No, the, like, there's right literally there. a video of him. Like, he, he'll he go and be like, Yo, show me your amps. And he goes to the amps. He's like, Yo, what the hell? Amps are all dusty. He's like cleaning them off. Like, <laughs> tuning the, like he'll retune a room specifically for the way he plays and he knows it. And that just. It, I was just blown away by that, and and ever since then, and, and from the way he would bring his own chords to hook into to whatever they had, he would bring his own like everything <coughs> as much power as he could have over the way he sounded, he would we do it right, and so that would take a small part, and the rest would just be rehearsing bits, rehearsing like things, so like that was a moment that just kind of put me on game. I was like, okay, so. The reason why you never hear Z Trip come off whack mm-hmm. is because he's in there making sure Word. that it, it's impossible. Nothing goes wrong. How was his interaction <laughs> with, know, like, like, with, the, with 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 the with with the stage crew guys and the sound guys? Like, because to be able to, because this is the thing, he could do all of that that he wanted, but unless those players, like in the background, that you'll never see at a venue, were like a down to do it, and also sure. b just like rocking with the artist like you're not gonna get that type of set out of somebody right like did he have an artful way of doing it did he bring cats in well, he made sure that whatever he needed anybody else for yeah we got that stuff done early got it and so that they could leave and then we once we got have it. everything the way we needed it then we have the rest of that time to kind of Word. just jam out practice new bits rehearse like things that we knew were gonna happen but it's like not only did we sound check, but we were practicing seven hours a day for a three hour, four hour show, you know, like, that's and wild. that's, that's kind of how he operated. And that was really the only time he had to really kind of sharpen 
you know, his his set as we moved along through mm. that tour, you know, and that taught me again, like, okay, so this is how it's going down. Like, this is this is where the practice time is. It's not it's not necessarily always just at home. Sometimes yeah. it's when you're at the venue and you're about to go on. You're like, you're you're about to you're practicing something that's going to happen tonight. Yeah, you know, so. That's wild, bro. It's a different level of professionalism. Um, that, that attention to detail. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's like even if you think someone's coming off like super raw and super, it's just like that's probably very calculated. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, everything they're doing. Now, at this time, like you guys are both kind of driven on your solo routes away from the bangers what did the where were the bangers at this time because you guys obviously your world's paralleled but you, this is something that still tied you together i know you know prism was released you're still making music the bangers is a brand is that safe to say yeah like it's 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 a big thing it gives you guys even credibility to this day especially mm-hmm. among a whole culture mm-hmm. um and it gives you a lane to still um, connecting music, obviously with the Jabawakis and also all the uh, the ads you guys done, the the commercials you guys done, and connected as a crew. What impact did ha- being a part of the Bangers during this time still have on you guys? Well, yeah, like around, like at the same time, um, you know, uh, Jabawakis, because uh, we actually knew the Jabawakis when, like, when we when we put out Virus, uh, that was the first music that the Jabawakis as a group, as like the Jabawakis, danced to was our was our first album virus so that was 2003 so moving forward they they got on that show um america's best dance crew yeah and a lot of the routines that they had were um were our, our music yep. you know what i mean so you know it you know if, if for those of you who don't remember that like uh mtv's america's it was like dance yeah crew, it was like 2000 it was like yeah it was like dude was, they the jabawakis did yeah. something no crew ever did yeah like just their whole dance style and yeah. then i didn't even find out until later yeah. that you guys were really the soundtrack behind them yeah we're you know i mean um some of the tracks they ha- ended up having to like remake and that kind of thing but um but yeah like from there they won the show and they took off and they got their own vegas show yeah so from there they were like look um you know we're gonna have this new vegas show at the monte carlo we're gonna need a whole. We're gonna need someone to put together all the music for it, and we ended up creating the show and then creating an album. And um, as far as creatively goes, like at that time, I would say like until now, like doing stuff with the bangers is like my creative freedom. This is like my me time now. Word. You know what I mean? It's like which, my, is, which is so funny because yeah. it's your me time, but it's with six other dudes that who I like, who we're all brothers and we all know each other's sounds. So. For us, it's like, all right, we get to get weird, you know? Like, mm. at this time, I'm already producing, like, I'm trying to do pop stuff and do that thing. And I would say having uh, the the Bangers outlet was, like, a breath of fresh air because it was like, all right, now I could balance it out with this. And uh, it's crazy because eventually those paths crossed, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, to where music is now, where I do need to know some of the tricks that I've learned through the Bangers and doing those albums and uh, apply it to pop music now, you know yeah. what I mean? So... It, it, it's you know it's amazing like i till this day like i was talking to golden child um like a week ago and uh, we're actually working on another project and stuff and um i was like man i like we need this like i miss doing this like mm-hmm. creating stuff together and and that's not you know um for a certain artist or whatever it's just to make music that we love to make you know what mm-hmm. i mean so 
um, I think it benefits, you know, our music level because we're able to experiment, you know what I mean? And at this point right now, Jabwalk is, they're pretty much open to whatever we do creatively, musically. Mm-hmm. So they're like, they, you know, they're right there with us. They're like, if we uh, come up with a new trick or whatever it is, like, they're like, oh, yeah, that's dope. I haven't heard that before, you know? Yeah. And so we're all on the same page. So Yeah, it's interesting, like, how the, you know, and you guys are separate careers still, how impactful the bangers and you guys together have helped even, like, further your careers as individuals and what you're doing. Um, and, and actually influencing it, you know, how you kind of like, it's your roots, but it's also like allowed you guys to be more innovative, to use some things, to use the, the chemistry of the collaboration or the tricks or everything, or even just get you out of like the business space of like, Oh, I got to make another pop record to just be weird Mm -hmm. to allow your brain to just open up, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I always thought like, cause the, the bangers is such a roots that's kept you guys so connected. Mm -hmm. Um, and going to your pop records, though, I wanted to say, mm-hmm. after I mean, after uh, Black Eyed uh, Black Eyed Keys, Black Eyed <laughs> the Black Eyed Keys, that's, that, that works like, too, that, dude. That should be like a, a that'd be a, a mashup. mashup, mashup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you get into free school. Yeah. I'm just gonna jump in. Yeah, and you start making pop, big pop records. Yeah, we're talking about on a different level now. We're it's you have Chris Brown, Cuddy, Crayshon, mm-hmm. Madonna. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> throwing them out. Oh man! But, yeah. but 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 it's 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 you know it's a it is a different world. Yeah. Um. I mean, you've actually been amongst this world since day one. Yeah. Uh, coming out to LA. Yeah. But now you're immersed in it among a production team, um, making big records on the radio and really being a full on. Now you're a business. It's yeah. it's more than just being a producer. Now yeah. this is a business you kind of have to run. Mm-hmm. how did that um change kind of like your state in music because it's you know on one end you're like you know bangers is where i feel like home i can get yeah, weird that feels yeah. like me i want to do me mm-hmm. so now this business in free school and making these big records it's still you but how did that really change into like now thinking about this is your career and have you have to sustain that and how important that is. Well, like, it, it's crazy how, you know, the world works and stuff and how things happen. But um, I met the other guys. So Free School, there's me, Jean-Baptiste, and Michael McHenry. And and those those two guys, they, they're best friends. They grew up together. But um, Will kind of brought them into L.A. to just start working with him on, on some of the new Black IP stuff. So we're all working on the same project. So I'm coming, working with Apple, coming in. And we're all at the same studio working. And, like... We just vibed, you know what I mean? Like we really got. And after the Black Eyed Peas, um, we did the Energy, ne- the Energy Never Dies album, and then um, and from there it was like, all right, what do we do now? These guys are on tour, yeah. You know what I mean? And it was just like, all right, let's just continue working in the studio. And so we started the company, and it was just like, you know, we're like, you know what, we could do this on our own. And so we we actually all started in the same place, kind of just like wow. coming from getting out of the shadow of this and trying to get into our own. So the first thing that we did was um, was like, um, by this time, you know, my partner Jean had already wrote like some big records, you know, from Boom Boom, Boom, Boom Pow to I Got a Feeling. And his name's kind of getting out there. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, man, let's, let's do this, you know? So the first project that we got was... W- was Chris Brown 
Wow. You know, this is like the first time I ever met. He, uh, John actually had worked with him before, but just like very like casually, you know. Mm. So this is the first time like he was actually like, I'm going to lock a week with you guys. Let's just make music. And like so from that on, it, I would say at this point, John had taught me a lot about songwriting. You know what I mean? And I learned I was like, oh, like this guy's truly like a masterful genius when it comes to lyrics and writing a song, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, um, so, and I, I realized that, and Chris saw that early too, you know what I mean? And that was one of the things why Chris brought him on. So we're getting there, you know, we're like, yeah, we're in here. We're doing our thing. Like we got five records on this new album. We're yeah. like, Oh, and then like the whole thing with him and Rihanna happened. Oh. And I was just like, Oh, yeah. Dwindled down to like, three records wow and you know this is my first example of like oh this is how it works you know what i mean the industry anything exists. could happen yeah. you know what i mean anything could happen and it just happened that fast you know what i mean and i you know from then on i was like i i mean i kind of learned but this was really a moment was like wow things could really happen just like that and you and just things cannot happen just like and things yeah. cannot happen like this that change in the like middle things of that it. you thought were gonna happen this is just the game you know what i mean disappear yeah, yeah. you know and then th that's actually that does happen i mean that's <laughs> it happens all the time yeah. Yeah. yeah so you know that was a huge learning experience and so i mean getting back to what you're saying i would say like now being independent on our own it was just like you know luckily luckily enough we had uh you know we could uh you know pivot off of you know the thing that we did with the black eyed peas because i was starting to do good and that was like my first placement as a songwriter too so i was like all right cool you know, I, I didn't know what it was financially. It was just kind of like, all right, that's there. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was going to come out of it. You know, this is my first time. But um, getting the Chris thing and starting to do that, it, it opened up doors to work with a lot of other people, you know, so. I think I did the, the first license you ever had. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I still have that somewhere. Man, Jay, Joe's had done so many favors for me. He looked over my contracts. <laughs> like, like He's like, oh, yo, I have five percent on this song <laughs> and i have 3.45 percent on the song <laughs> and they want to use it in some show <laughs> and he was, was like that was funny he's like he's like oh <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, joe will try uh, to give you the realness but at the same time like you know make sure that you go on the right path absolutely. you know what i mean but absolutely. it's like but, yeah. but being in the music game especially the production game i mean it's so yeah. so competitive like yeah. um I don't know. You produced too, and you guys actually just produced a great track with Travis Scott not too yeah. long ago. Yeah. Um, but the production game is is very difficult. Um, obviously, there's and it's changed a lot. How do you sustain longevity in this when music is changing? When I mean, you could even talk about this with DJing too, which I do want to get into too. Like the definition of what a DJ, how that's evolving. Yeah. Um, how do you evolve with the with the with the times and compete with you know the B Lewises? <laughs> Shout out, out there. B. Lewis. Shout out to B Lewis. But how do you uh, how do you live in this environment and, and have your your um, longevity when music is constantly changing? When there's a ton of politics? Mm -hmm. When there's uh, a lot of like double triple dipping? Yeah, you know, and navigating those waters, whether it's a relationship. Or, um, you know, building upon those relationships, how, you know, how do you how do you continue to, to have a career in this and, and deal with all that at the same time? Well, you know, it's you said it like um, 
like going back to what you even said about like some people not even being available to work with because they're just in their creative zone in their own you know little world yeah. it's like you, you got to be open this is a music business you know people forget about the business side and i would say our longevity as far as free school goes is our relationships you know like we've always maintained you know when you know splits maybe not favor us in a certain when it should mm -hmm. maybe we'll just you know it's cool we'll you know like we'll keep it cool you know what i mean not to say we're pushovers but we always kept things chill and I think that's helped us in our careers because we're still able to work with the same people that we've been working with for the last seven, eight years. You know what I'm saying? But you know the importance of sound, like when there's, you know, the DJ Mustard sound, yeah. when there's the Mike Will sound, yeah. when like these, these things go in phases and then yeah. like, or the Skrillex sound, like all of yeah. us, like these things happen super fast Yeah. and they come and go, they come and go, maybe some stay longer than others. And this has been going on. Like, how do you deal with that and keeping your guys is like, being um what was the word i'm looking for like malleable in that world i think we just don't worry about everybody else you know what i'm saying like we just worry about being creative and doing the right moves that we feel is right you know what i'm saying because that sound or whatever the sound is it'll come and go you know what i mean I mean, I, I, you know, I'm proud to say that we've we've made it through different sounds and, mm -hmm. and, and, and played the background. A lot of people say, criticize, oh, you know, they, they're always co-producing on this song and that song and this song. Yeah, we are, but we know who really wrote it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it, it, but that's just for us. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, this is a business. Some people shoot themselves in the foot before they even got a royalty check. Mm. You know All what I'm saying? All the time. All the time. And so it's about your relationships and how you conduct it, man. How can you conduct your business, dude? You know, it's like, I see it all the time. Like, people get brand new and people think they're, oh, that they're the next shit. They're this, this, that. And maybe that's true. But how long is that going to be lived? Yeah. You know, there's this very small industry where people will find out your asshole really yeah. quick. You know what I'm saying? And it, like. There, every yeah. artist is a human being, bro. Like, yeah. character plays a very right. big role in Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man. And you just got to be a, you know, you got, you really got to humble yourself and realize like, look, you're doing what you love. You know what I mean? There is a business side to this and it's been formed like this for many years. You know what I mean? It's how you wiggle around and figure out how to make it work for you. You know what I mean? And I think as far as free school goes, we've been able to do that because we're not, we're willing to collaborate with other people mm -hmm. and not say, nah, nah, we're not this. Nah, like we will collaborate with everybody. You know what I mean? And because of that, because we're not trying to be all in the videos, no, I'm saying? <laughs> all up in the video. <laughs> dancing. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, no, because, because of that really real talk. Like I think because we've always been chill and kept it, you know, about like the, the music and the craft and, and our relationships more than anything. Cause I would say like, there've been plenty of times where we could have just been like acting like how some other people out there act and like, nah, I did all this and did that and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. But you know, like we still want to work tomorrow. Yeah. Like, you know, it's crazy. Like yeah. I, I was in the studio with some young cats of an artist that like, I really, really fuck with. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes you just, you know, in this game, you just meet cats that like, you just 
fuck with their movement and fuck with their craft. Yeah. It's not to say that you're going to do anything for them now yeah. or, or then, but like you're open and willing to do anything that's needed yeah. if the time comes. But it's crazy because I see this young production crew mm-hmm. and cats are already talking about splits. And I'm yeah, just like, yeah. bro, like <laughs> yeah. y'all don't have a record yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, fuck yeah. the split. Yeah, 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 fuck yeah. what this is going to do. Like fuck the, okay, in radio, yeah. if like, bro, just make a banger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deal with that later. Right, you know right. What I'm I know. Like cats are over here just like literally i was watching this dude just break it down into this <laughs> fucking like flow chart and i'm like gee oh, you don't have a record out yeah yet. yeah like i fuck yeah, with you yeah, but yeah. don't get jaded too yeah, early yeah, yeah, and yeah. don't be that guy right that is gonna bring up the convo when like you have no nothing to stand back on yeah you know what i mean like yeah it, it there's certain times it's off-putting, and there's others where at the end of the day, bro, it's like this. Like, and I think both you guys touched on this like incredibly well, is that you have to be in the trenches to know what this shit is. Yep. Like, there's no science. Mm-hmm. You have to be yeah. able to, you know, feel things out. You're, yeah. you're going to get fucked here, but then yeah. that's going to teach you not to get fucked there. And yep. like, you're going to have to go through this and go Absolutely. through that. And it's like the only way that you'll really be able to experience in it to experience it is by experiencing it. Get in yeah. the game. Yeah. You have yeah. to show up to the game, you know, yeah. and like and, and understand what it's like to maybe lose. Yeah. So yeah. that you can understand what it's like to win. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so interesting. It's like we I mean, we've seen it so so much, especially like now with the the technology of like what YouTube provides, mm-hmm. what what SoundCloud provides, mm-hmm. like what just music distribution provides, how easy it is to distribute it and get out there. You're mm-hmm. like throwing a pebble in the sea, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the how do you, you know, for an aspiring producer, mm-hmm. for someone who wants to to get out there, like the the kid in in Middle America right now, or from another country, who's like, man, I I would love to live in LA. And get five percent on a record, yeah. <laughs> like that's on the radio, like that's insane. But how do you get in the game? You know, like you're saying, just show up to the stage, just show up to the game. How do you get in the game at this stage? Um, you know, and we've talked about this with with a lot of people, and like, well, it comes down to just have making really good music, and yeah, and I get that, that's a part of it. Mm-hmm. But you can't be an asshole and have really good music no. either. Yeah. How do you? How do you? penetrate that well there's you know i'd say you know um it's it's it is your work ethic and 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 you know the music you make and how different it sounds from everybody else that's a big part of it especially right now because you know people are being discovered on soundcloud right now just and they're went from their bedroom to having full-on deals you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah huge platform you know what i mean like it you'll get a message in, on soundcloud all the time from people like trying to you know get in get into your world you know what i mean so there's that but i it goes it all goes back to your relationships man mm-hmm. you know the songwriters you work with the producers you work with you know what i mean it it, it, it really comes down to that and i learned that with us it's like we're lucky enough to, as i say us free school like we're enough to, you know we we have personal relationships with other producers, other writers, you know, other artists, you know, and, and that's how you get on albums, you know? And on the opposite, on the, in the DJ world, like we are in the era of DJs, right? Like super different. I mean, I think it's super different. I could be wrong, but like from your roots to what it means to be a DJ right now, um, how's that changed for you as a DJ? I mean, you're throwing events, return of the boom zap. Yeah. Mm. bang 
Um, you still have a very prominent DJ career. Um, what do you, how have you evolved or seen it evolved and how's that, how's that inf- affected you as a DJ? Um, you know, what's crazy is, I mean, I, like I grew up on, on the DJ. I think that the DJ producer is not such a shock to me mm-hmm. like it is to most people because I grew up idolizing like the shadows and the DJ premieres and mm. the, the people that sort of knew how to do both or had a good idea mm-hmm. of what sounded good and made it, you know? So for me, the fact that like you have, um, you know, DJs, you know, and maybe they're making kind of different styles of music or the DJs that are sort of on the forefront. Yes. They're making a different style of music, but I think, um, the flow of it and, and sort of how like it's, it's not very foreign to uh, It's not super foreign to, to me as a DJ because I, I grew up respecting it so highly, just like how songs were written or how they moved, you know? Um, have you felt pressured to jump into the EDM at all? Have I felt pressured to just um, by just by like the world and the and the, and the I've state never of music? Felt really pressured to. I mean, I've always knew that in order to, for me to kind of <laughs> be in my own lane, I had to just kind of play the music that I gravitated towards, mm. and whether it's EDM or whether it's you know pop, does it or well, that's almost one in the same now, but. Uh, you know, whether it's EDM or even like, let's say drum and bass, it was about selecting the songs that I identified with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I tried, I, I learned pretty quickly that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't just about sort of being able to do or to, to play one style of music. Really yeah. good. You know, it's like, yeah, like, you know, early on, I, I would say I made the mis- not really a mistake, but I just was like, no, I'm, I'm a hip hop guy. I only play hip hop. Sure. I don't do any of that other stuff. Forget all that, you know? Um, and some people get really caught up in that, you know, and, and sort of like they're going to go they're They're going to really that just limits your scope. Yeah, okay. it yeah. Limits your scope. And so um, well, there's all those. There's always those videos like you see, like scrolling on Facebook, like this is what a real DJ should be. And it's like just someone with like turntables versus like now there's always that 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 contradicting kind of like um, thing that's happening between the real DJ versus like a DJ now. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I try not to get caught up in too much in that stuff because it's very easy for me to be like, to look at my experience and look what I had to go through versus what like people now have, like are capable of doing, Yeah, you know, like, like I'm sure everyone has their own struggles. So I try not to get too caught up in that. And I just try to still be a fan and, and really kind of like, like I said, I'm a fan of things that like, that exposed me to something new. I'm exp- I'm a fan of, of of new music. I don't stay rooted in. I don't stay liking one guy for my whole life or one type of sound. Or awesome. One, you know, like so. I mean, I'm just a, a a a fan of where everything can go. And as a DJ, I'm looking for it all the time. Yeah. And 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 that I definitely know sort of seeps into sort of my production too. Like I'm a fan. Like if I don't know how to do it, I'm the curiosity is there i'm gonna try and figure out how i can accomplish certain things you know so yeah because it's, it's just it's like djs are the new rock stars now like it's just that we, we live in that world um it's just an interesting perspective on on how that is especially i mean by the way replay djs i'm told 
one day a year. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. I got rid of my oh, you were, you retired. Yeah, I was taking up too much space in the studio. He's so like, nah, that one day a year was taking up too much time. But I mean, going back to now, like, uh, and I'll even go back to, to the bangers. Um, what is the bangers now? Like, what are you guys collectively now? Like, aside from, I mean, you guys are both here today. You're still collaborative. Make records today. Um, working with new writers, new beat makers collectively today, taking all the knowledge that you guys have together, um, being a part of the culture, still impacting the culture. Like, what's your relation and the bangers today? If it's if you're not even DJing, bro, uh, you're probably like, you're probably being like, a dad, or you're probably you're, <laughs> we're we're really more a family than anything. Like, yeah, yeah. Like uh, anytime we get together now, it'll probably be more to just like um, you know go to one of our, you know, our kids like birthday parties and stuff like that we're a family you know what i mean like all this time you know we still band make brothers yeah we're a band of brothers you know what i mean um some of us still work on music together and stuff like that and or do gigs together but um beyond <laughs> beyond all that you know what i mean we're uh you know we're a family so that's what we're doing now and what's the tie with music still with with the bangers is there is there I mean, I mean, it's the Jabberwocky still. Yeah, definitely that. That's still going a lot, like you know the Jabberwockies thing. But um, you know, beyond that, like maybe it might be like a song someone hears, and we we're all on a text message together, and we'll be like, "Yo, check this out!" And yeah. it, it, like everyone has their own different lives. Like you know, Cutso's always on tour with like Lyrics Born. Um, Nick's doing um, shows out in the Bay. The other guys are doing gigs all the time. And, you know, and, and, you know, so it's we're all doing different things in our own way. You know what I mean? But we all, as far as the bangers go, getting together is very rare, but it's m- mainly for like family things. Oh, and getting together. Still, yeah. Still a crew. Yeah. We're still a family. Absolutely. You know, let me ask you guys, because mm-hmm. like, it seems like we've culminated to like young, hungry, passionate, like yeah. ready to get after it. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? The culture has influenced you guys. And, and just like, I guess like scenes and, and communities within each other of like the craft have, have gotten you guys to this point and you know naturally you guys are always going to be creatives but then life happens mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like you get girlfriends mm-hmm. wives kids uh you know different wants in life and whatnot you guys reach so many different milestones from going from nothing to something to where you know, you have shitty jobs to like dope jobs, where the job is it becomes obsolete and it becomes full passion. Mm-hmm. Um, what, w- looking back on it now, right? Like, do you guys feel successful? And like, what, what is success? You know what I'm saying? Like, did did the definition of success change for you as it went along? And like, yeah. when you look back now. Um, whether it's like feel successful, whether it's feeling like you made it, like I feel like within all of these things, like there's like a, a, a cocktail of like success, mm-hmm. uh, making it and, and happiness, yeah. right? Like they all play a different role in defining one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what, what do you guys feel successful? Has success changed for you throughout the time? And you know what what is success to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, you want me to do it? <laughs> well, I, for me, like, I think, uh, I think success for me is, um, being able to do what I love every day, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And, and then still have a family life, still have, uh, you know, 
my head, on, you know, a good head on my shoulders. I would like to think I do. You know what I mean? And and uh, I at this point, my career has merged into this is what I truly love to do. I'm uh, like, it's not even something I got to think about. It's just already happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just moving along just with me. It's <laughs> I can't get away from it at this point, you know? And so it's not something that I look at as like, you know, Oh, I got to be a millionaire to have success. It's like, you know what I mean? I think, um, I don't, uh, maybe at a point in time, I felt like maybe money, there is a level of success, but um, I would say I live a pretty simple life and I feel successful because I'm happy. Yeah. Work. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I'm, I'm able to work and still do what I love to do. So to me, that's my own level of success. Maybe other people have different levels of it. Maybe it's to be in a mansion somewhere and doing that. But I, you know, uh, I'm 33 now, you know what I mean? So looking at it, I've met people that have that and aren't as happy as I am. Mm-hmm. So I don't see how that is ex- being, having, you know, being successful, you know what I mean? So I, I and I, I have other friends who I admire who have their own businesses and could do their family thing and have the money and all that. And, I, and that's another level of success, you know what I mean? That's their thing. But for me personally, I feel like, I feel like, if I if I'm healthy and I'm able to do what I love and be happy, that's it. That's all I need. So you know, yeah, awesome. I do feel successful. I guess Respect. you know. What about you, Kudo? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, you know, I I think there's a like, I went for long enough. Well, let's just say I I, I went through sort of life long enough uh, doing what I didn't like to know that this is way better. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, I mean, I'm sure all of us have sort of, you know, gone through, uh, you know, like the job that you hated and, but you had to go every day. Yeah. yeah. And that is so far away from my mind that I, I really wake up sort of happy at the, at, at the fact that like, I, I'm sort of living it on my own terms. I could wake up and if I want to, you know, I could take my daughter to school. I can go home. I could work on music for the rest of the day. And I can go DJ my gig later and I come home and I, you know, like I, it's, it's like, it's okay. So yeah, I, I think, um, it's almost kind of backing what, what replay just said. It's just, if you could wake up every day and not hate what you have to do every day, then I think you're doing all right. Whatever <laughs> yeah. it is you're doing, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, you know, whether it's legit or not. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> 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 What are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> so what is your job, bro? <laughs> hey, that, we don't have to go into that. <laughs> For real. Uh, Hove did that, really, yeah. so you don't have to go through that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you, hit, you hit him with that. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's funny. That's actually, it, It's a common response. You know, I think um, there's the fantasy of it, and uh, I think you guys have lived that fantasy, too. Um, yeah. So you, you also have a perspective on uh, on what kind of success is like you have you live the touring life you live the party life you big you've been blowing cash and doing like all the things that like you think 
you know, rock stars or what you wanted to be as a kid would be. You've done. Yeah, all that, that ends very fast, by the way. So don't try it at, <laughs> at home, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's so funny. History always repeats itself. Yeah. We, we it's like, but you, you, you it. but it's like you know that. That's what everyone says. But like, yeah. It, but I think it's it's fair to say like you guys have had that experience, so you can speak on that perspective. Yeah. Um, that's an ex- that's something a lot of like the youth really does want. Um, you not even just the youth. I think a lot of people want to live in that fantasy of what of what it, they think it means to be in the music business. Yeah. Um, Creator, you know, out, out here, fucking L.A. and Hollywood, yeah. like it's it's exciting. It, no, it can be thrilling. It could be a crazy roller coaster. But is that you know success? Like you know, yeah. and, and is there a tangible thing that that defines that? Is it a dollar amount? Is it a certain level you get to, or is it just simply being happy? It's funny that you say that because, like, truthfully, I've like I you know going through your career, like, or going through life, like, you always hear that, like, yeah, money truly doesn't make you happy, and like, I always liked hearing that but then at the same time i always thought about that like but it would be awesome to have this right Mm. but it wasn't till like recently really that i really realized like that it's true like money doesn't make you happy you know what i mean like i really understand that now because i feel like i'm in a time in my life where i literally have everything that i i need and love you know what I mean? And, you know, everyone's healthy. You know what I mean? That's a big thing that people Imagine forget about. $10 million and somebody close to you has cancer. Like, what, what's yeah. that $10 million going to do? What is that going to do? It's I'm not going to do anything for you. Real. So, you know, yeah, I think it's just life. Go, and you learn those lessons, you know, because there was one time in my life where I did want to live, like, extravagant like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, of course. MTV Cribs. Yeah, you know what I mean? But, of course. But then I was like man it's like the industry kind of guides you in that path mm. you know because you, you'll come into it thinking that but now i'm like i'm cool like i'm cool you know i'm healthy i got a place to sleep at every night you know um i have great people around me which is v- very important in my life and um so yeah like i think that's everything mm-hmm. you know what i mean because like you said you could have 10 million dollars and, and 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 lose somebody mm-hmm. you know what i mean and have no control over that, and then you'd be completely lost. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it depends on how you look at it. Yeah, and doing you know? what you want to do. And also, like, but like you said, like sometimes it's like doing stuff you don't necessarily want to do to find something, like to even know that. And we, we've heard that too, is like to know what you don't want to do helps you find what you do want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think um, having the ability to choose what you want to do with your time. Mm-hmm. Is is Talk. like is is like probably but like actually making a decision. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, you know, having having like working yourself into a position where you get to make the choice of, of how you're going to spend your time, and not having your time being owned by somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, like and I mean, or even if it is owned by somebody else, you could still finagle it into it being to serve your purpose too. You know, yeah. like I'm just saying, like yeah. That's, that's that to critical. me is yeah. that that to me is sort of success. You know, if, yeah. if you're using it to sort of like, you know, whatever it is your 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 goal is. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't even matter. But if you spend your time trying to push that, mm-hmm. yeah, and and you you figured out a way to make that work, then you're you're kind of a success. <laughs> it's funny, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like everyone has different levels of success, man. Like you know, yeah. 
like my my mom's level of success is seeing me on Filipino TV. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, mom, I can tell her whatever like, I'm doing, like in America, in the U.S., and she's like, "Oh, that's nice." Uh, when are you going to be on this channel again? <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Wait, but when are you running for senator <laughs> exactly. in the Philippines? <laughs> exactly. So, are you are you, you know. Pacquiao's running? Though? <laughs> <laughs> Is that really real? Oh, that's a whole nother uh, show yeah. right there. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, nah, um, yeah, man, I, I would say um, uh, if I was going to send any message right now to anyone coming up in the game, I would say, do truly what makes you happy. Um, um, money will eventually come. And, you know, it's it's definitely necessary to have it, you know, and be smart with it, but treat it like any other job. You know, you're not going to go and work at, um, you know, Kinko's or whatever and fucking blow your check in the club. You know what I'm saying? So, Straight up. you know, money comes a lot faster in the music industry, you know, so be smart. You know, that's all you could do. Yeah. Amen. 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 Hey, man. Thank you guys for Yo, coming. Dude, show. thank you. It's a pleasure, Wait, man. Bro, where, can, wow. uh, where can it's people... It's incredible, bro. Yeah. yeah. Where can people uh, connect with you guys? Um, You can connect on Golden Child's page. No, I'm <laughs> I, I don't really have a... <laughs> I'm Golden not Child's big on the social network, but here's like... A, uh, here's Golden Child's uh, uh, address and credit card information. <laughs> <laughs> Visa 4130. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, yeah you could definitely... Um, you could definitely catch Golden Child on um, social network somewhere, Facebook. Golden All Child right, with Snapchat. a Snapchat. <laughs> you can follow us. Snapping pictures of me eating food. Like Golden Child with a Y. Yeah, Golden yeah. Child with a Y. Uh, www.goldenchild.com. Word. Throwing the website yeah. out there, yeah. Plizzy. Oh, um, DJ replay. Do, am I on the liner notes re, of your re, favorite replay song? Is, replay is like if you find me, <laughs> then you got me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But y'all yeah. gotta find me first. There, there's like three people like out in Iceland somewhere found me on Snapchat and realized <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't the right replay. So <laughs> uh, I don't want to put it out there, but I'm on Snapchat. If you find me, if you have my number, add me. <laughs> but besides that, um, yeah, check out for um, free school too, man. Like yeah. any production we're doing um actually we got some projects coming on with golden child and and i'll ca- i haven't called them this in a long time nobility <laughs> uh, we got some things coming um so look out for that we got some records coming out with will uh, nice. will i am so coming out so yeah awesome get it. dj snake too as well oh that's so, lit yeah. amazing yeah. fellas amazing. it's been amazing <laughs> yo, yo, man, thank, thank you, you so thank much you for guys, coming man. through yo. thank you guys mama we, we made, made it, it! <laughs> Woo! Bravo! <laughs>